Hello, 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 and welcome to Conversations with Ball Girl. I am your host, Lorraine Williams with BallGirlInc.com, your redefining beauty consultant. And today I'm super excited because I have my friend, my soror, Celinda, in the house. You can talk, girl. Oh. <laughs> hello, everyone. And Celinda is doing something that I admire. Um, I have goals, aspiration of doing what she's doing, but I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm reaching out for help. <laughs> <laughs> so Celinda is doing this whole debt free thing and she's doing it right and she's bringing people along so i want to start out by asking you everybody talk about being debt free Mm -hmm. but you actually put the feet to it so let's talk about how you even decided made this decision like i'm i'm gonna be debt free and Mm -hmm. then did something about it okay well it started actually back in 2014 uh, I, I'm a YouTube person. I watch YouTube because okay. I like the do-it-yourself. Okay. <laughs> and I happened to be watching a YouTube video of a couple called Gabe and Babe, and they mentioned this book called um, The Total Money Makeover. Okay. And it was using it to get out of debt. And I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. Now, at that point in time in 2014, I had a, quite a bit of debt, but I thought I was good financially because I paid all my bills on time. I had a really good high you know, credit score. You know, I did what I wanted to do. I spent my money. I went on trips. I wasn't struggling financially, okay. but what I started thinking about is where am I going in re- regards to retirement? And mm. I knew that I was going to be retiring in about seven or eight years. And so I wound up buying a book, and I read it in a day. Oh, wow. I literally read the book in a day. I've never read a book in a day. Okay. Um, Because it changed. It gave a plan on how to do it. Okay. You know what I mean? And and it talked about budgeting. And all my life, I thought I was budgeting. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have spreadsheets that go back to 1997. Dang. But my spreadsheets was never a budget. What they were was I recorded how I spent my mm-hmm. money. Okay. I never t- prepared a budget to say, where my money should go. Okay. And that's a big difference. Okay. People think that, oh, I write it down. Mm-hmm. No, but that's after the fact. The budget is you prepared before, uh. and then you stay within those particular line items to say, I'm only going to spend X amount of money on housing, transportation, mm-hmm. food, entertainment, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. then stay within that. And when you have that budget, that helps you determine really how much money you truly have coming in. Because yeah. most of us think we know, but we really don't know. Right. And, um, and the book was really it opened my eyes to a lot of things like about cash like I was never really a cash person mm-hmm. I am I'm a swipe girl I was swipe Me it too. but the what he explained in the book Dave Ramsey is there's no emotional connection to swiping True. but when you get cash in your hand mm-hmm. and you have to give the cash up to somebody Oh, you have a feeling. Right. <laughs> it brings up a That's feeling true. like you don't want to give it up right. or do I really want whatever it is. Okay, okay. And then everybody, you know, I always say everybody always say, like, oh, man, if I break a 20, it feel like I spent the whole day on thing. Yes. And there's some truth to that. Okay. But okay. when you swipe it, mm-hmm. you know, you just hope and pray this money in that account right. to cover it. That's what <laughs> really, your fingers crossed. Right, with your fingers crossed. So <laughs> I read that book. And then I was like, oh, I'm doing this. Okay. And he, and he basically gave you a roadmap, and it talked about the um, seven baby steps. And But before you can do the baby seven baby steps, the first thing you had to do is you have to prepare a budget. Mm-hmm. So I start preparing a budget according to what a budget really should look okay. like, li- okay. listing 
all of my income coming in for that month mm -hmm. and all of my expenses. Mm -hmm. And then including in my budget a line item to start paying off my debt. Okay. Right. So the seven baby steps the, after you prepare the budget, the first uh, one, baby step one, is to create a temporary emergency fund of $1,000. Okay. That was a little stressful for me because I know <laughs> if something breaks in my house, it's probably going to cost more than $1,000. But... The purpose of the $1,000 is not to cover everything. It's just, just those emergencies, truly emergencies. Mm -hmm. But you want to feel something because you want to hurry up and get out of debt. If you have too much money saved oh. to cover emergency, then you ain't worried about the debt. Okay. So okay. it's just enough to cover the emergencies, but not enough to cover real big emergencies. Mm -hmm. So that's baby step one. Baby step two is the debt snowball and listing your debts from smallest to largest and paying them off. And that's the a step that I'm still in right now. Okay. Debt three is once all your debt is paid off and is everything except for your home and, okay. and, and uh, baby step two. Debt three, I mean, excuse me, step three is then you're going to build up your emergency fund from three to six months. Okay. So... Three months if you are, you know, if you have a more secure job. Like, I work for the federal government, so my job right. is pretty secure. So mm -hmm. I can be more closer to the three months. Okay. But if you're more in a volatile-type career or, you know, you've moved around quite a bit, you maybe be one closer to six months. So three oh, to six months okay. of an emergency fund. And then step four is to um, contribute 15% of your take-home pay to... To your, uh, excuse me, not you your take home pay. Fifteen percent of your gross pay, not your, not okay, your take home okay. pay, until your retirement. Okay. And that's not matching. So if your employer matches five percent, you're not putting in ten. No, you're putting in fifteen, and they're giving you five, okay. so that you have twenty percent. That's right. going to <laughs> I was like, that's okay. Oh. No, 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 no oh, matching. Uh, oh. No, 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 no matching. Fifteen percent of your gross pay, oh. and then step five, if you have children, that mm -hmm. is contributing to a um, savings uh, program for your kids, a mm -hmm. five twenty nine plan. Yeah. Step six is to pay off your home. And by then, you don't have any debt. So you okay. can, at this point, okay. pay off your home earlier. Um, and then step uh, seven is basically you investing and giving money. Because at that point, you don't have any debt whatsoever. Mm -hmm. No mortgage, no consumer debt. So if you don't have any debt, usually it doesn't cost people a lot of money to live. Like, you know. True. That's like very if true. I if for me if <clears throat> I didn't have any debt probably cost me less than a thousand dollars to live in my That's house. That's very true. Between your gas, electric, and right. water, and all of that. So then, if you're making a decent salary, you can contribute or you can re uh, invest more. You can give more because you don't have any debt. But most wow. of us never get there because we still stuck on two, which is the getting out of debt. <laughs> right. Which is which is difficult, but not impossible mm -hmm. if you have a plan. Why do you think people? Why do you think people get stuck at number two? Like, why do you think people say everybody feels like I should say they want to be out of debt? But right. why do you think people are like overwhelmed with the idea so much so that they never do it? I think it's twofold. Number one is they don't have a plan. Okay, you need a plan mm -hmm. on how you're going to do it. Saying it doesn't do anything. Right. So you need to come up with a concrete plan, mm -hmm. and that's why I follow the baby steps because okay. that's a plan for me. Okay. And I'm a planning person. Mm -hmm. Like I need to see oh. Just do this and you do this mm -hmm. and you do this and I like to check. I'm a checklist person too. I like Me to too. check that off. Okay, okay. So they don't have a plan. They just say it. Mm -hmm. So having a plan. And then the other thing is sacrifice. Most people don't want to make a sacrifice, but I look at the temporary sacrifice that I'm making today 
as I'm, the long term goal is I'm going to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. I will be a million. I am a millionaire. I will be a millionaire, and I am a millionaire. Yeah. And the reason is, is because you're making the sacrifice today, which is temporary, mm-hmm. two or three years, for you to not buy something, mm-hmm. not go somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, tell people no that you yeah. can't do things. Yeah. Don't buy no crap that you don't need mm-hmm. um, so that you can pay that off. Because most people who use his plan pay off their debt in two to three years. So it is, po- I'm telling you, it is definitely possible. Wow. Because when you have that budget mm-hmm. and you see it every month, sometimes people say, I feel like I got a pay raise because I have a budget. Because you now know wow. how much money you have coming okay. in and you know how much money you have going okay. out. And once you start seeing that and you have a plan, and when you get in baby step two, you're going to do one or both things. One, you're going to prepare the budget and you're going to see how much money you have going in just based off your job. Right. And you see how much go- you have going out, all your expenses to live and all that. Then you're going to start cutting things. Okay. Do I really need all yeah. the cable? Okay. Do I need all these subscriptions to all of these different plans? Do I really need that? No, mm-hmm. actually, I don't need mm-hmm. that. And then you're going to say, oh, this is my income. Hmm. I thought I made more than that. Then, oh, you know what? Let me do a side gig over here because I got multi-ta- multi-talents. Right. So let me take that and try to make some money off of that. Okay. You know what I mean? Like okay. for me, I do photography. Right. That's my side gig. Okay. My daughters who also are going on this journey, they have part-time jobs. So then you start doing things to increase the income and decrease the expenses. Okay. And that's how you wind up paying it off earlier. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you still do the same thing you were always doing, you're going to get the same results. Exactly. So you're going to have to do something different. You may start selling stuff. I sold some of my rental property that I had. Okay. I had a, a little beach house down in Rehoboth. You got rid of it? I got, yeah, girl, I got rid of it. <laughs> I, because it wasn't making me money. Okay. I okay. was paying $600 a month to, to have fun. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But I was only having fun, what, June, July, August? <laughs> And maybe part of September. Right, right. So I'm like, ah, no. Yeah, but Because yeah. my whole thing is if that's something that I really, really want, mm-hmm. I'll be able to buy that and not be in debt. And enjoy it. And enjoy it. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So, yeah, so I wound up selling off some property. I, you know, I started a side gig, you know, mm-hmm. having a business. Mm-hmm. And so you're more willing to do those things, and especially with the debt snowball, because when you start paying the debts off from smallest to largest and you knock them little ones out, mm-hmm. You're going to feel such a relief. Like, that is out of my life. Right. It is gone. Wow. And I don't have to deal with that particular yeah. creditor anymore. And then you just work your way down till you get to the largest one. So when you're doing the debt snowball, it is list your debt smallest to largest based on the amount. Okay. Don't care about what the interest rate is. The only one that I say that would not be smallest to largest is if you owe the IRS. Okay. That's number one. You mm-hmm. take care of the mm-hmm. IRS first. Because the IRS of... All the federal agencies that have powers to come after you, right. to seize your property, to mm-hmm. put you in jail, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, who have really high interest and penalties is the IRS. Okay. So I always say if you owe the IRS, put them at the top of the list. They, yeah, get them, out, <laughs> get them out your life. You know coming. what I mean? Right, they call it. They're going to get you one way or another. They're wow, going to get you. Wow. So you, you take care of them first, but then the rest of them is smallest to largest. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you concentrate on the smallest one first. You focus on all of your extra income on that particular one. And then once you pay that smallest one off, you take the money that you was paying on the smallest one, and mm-hmm. now you go to the second one. Okay. So now that second one is not receiving the minimum payments. Because when, you, when you're paying off that first one, the second, third, fourth, and fifth are all getting the minimum payment that's needed. You're not putting no extra money on them, just the minimum payments. So then when you pay off the first one, then you take the money that you was taking from the first one, and now you apply it to the second. So then now the second is receiving the minimum payment plus what you was paying on the first one. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that and you pay that second one off, 
off. Now you get into the third one. You're taking the payments from the first and the second one, and now you're applying it to the third. And that's the snowball. Wow. So your payments get bigger and bigger yeah. as you go along. And it works. And like I said, once you knock out that first and that second one, you're like, that monkey is off my back. Right. And I ain't got to do that. You can that. breathe. Yes. And you can breathe. And it and it, and it, what it does, it starts to make you feel like, I can do this. Wow. I can do this. So I started in 2014, initially, mm -hmm. with my debt snowball. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I had like a hundred and uh, probably $30,000 of consumer debt. Okay. Like, I had a car. I had some uh, loans that I took out. Mm. I had a credit card. <laughs> uh -huh. I had my own personal student loans for my master's. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started in February 2014. And I had paid it all off by January of oh. 2006. Yes. So I paid off like the 100. A -L -L? All of it. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Yes. I paid it all off by January of 2016, I think it was. I think it was around, around that time frame. Now, I, like I said, I sold uh, my little place down here. I ain't make but like six or $7,000 off of that little place down here because mm -hmm, it was, mm -hmm. was an ex expensive place. I sold that. Mm -hmm. And then I sold, um, I had a, a condo in Philadelphia, okay. um, downtown mm -hmm. Philadelphia. And I sold that and I made, I don't know, maybe 20-something thousand dollars okay. off of it, I think. Mm -hmm. No, thirty thousand. Probably a third. By the time I paid up, paid the uh, realtor, probably came up twenty something. So I think I made like thirty thousand okay, dollars off of that. Okay. So that got, got applied to it, and then I was just doing the death snowball, boom, 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 wow. and knocking it out. And then in two thousand sixteen, I was like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. I, you know, this is when I lost my mind. I thought I was good because I paid off what I considered to be my debt. Okay. But what, where I messed up is was my kids were still in college, and I started taking out student loans for uh -huh. them, and because the bill wasn't coming. Right. I was living my life. Okay, okay, okay. I was living my life because I was like, oh, I'm debt free. Because I'm like, I see you traveling. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to waste And I had turned you. 50 in right. 2016. I was like, oh, we going to Jamaica for my birthday. I lost my mind. So 2016, <laughs> I lost my mind. Okay. Because I really didn't have any, what I considered to be consumer debt. Okay. And that's only because I was taking out the parent loan for my children to go to college. But because they're in school, you don't, exactly. they don't require a payment. Exactly. So in my mind, it don't come. It doesn't exist. <laughs> and they graduated good. college. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. And so my, do my oldest daughter graduated in December of 2016. Uh -huh. And you know, they give you that little six months grace yeah. period. And then that bill came May of 2017. I was like, oh, wow, Jesus. <laughs> and it was like a thousand, no, it was 800 and some odd dollars. Ooh. It was eight, I forgot, eight something, like eight, close to $900. Let's just round it up to $900. And I was like, oh, wow. Now, she went to Delaware State. Right. Which was a lot cheaper than Howard, Howard University. <laughs> And so then my other daughter graduated she, in May of 2017. As right. soon as the bill kicked in for the <laughs> oldest kid, here come, the yeah, here come the other one graduating on time. How dare on she? Time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then that so then I was making the payments to the 800 and something dollars for the ones for my kid, for my oldest kid. And I was giving them a little extra money, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I got some extra because I'm out of debt. Right. You know? Okay, okay, right. And then, <laughs> yes, then um, December of 2017 came and my world was rocked because now the student loans for both of them have kicked in. 
And when I, I wasn't paying attention. Now, I'm going through this whole process, but I really wasn't paying attention. And this is why I'm saying, like, we fall down, but we have to get back up again. Right. And before I knew it, in December 2017, I owed $220,000 in student oh, loans for Indiana Imani. I didn't take out that much, but that interest was accruing the, the entire time. Those four years. Those, yeah, those four yeah. years they was in school. It was $220,000. I said, Jesus. holy moly. What? I was out of debt. What you talking about? <laughs> so I said to myself, all right, Selena, you, you got to get it together. You got to really get it together. Yeah, yeah. Because now my minimum payment on my student loans awesome. for my children <laughs> was $1,984. Oh, my God. A whole mortgage. It was the same as my mortgage payment oh. here. Oh. The difference of like $6, I think is the oh. difference. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So oh. I said, oh, I'm back in debt again. Like the reality check yeah, of, yeah. okay, I'm back. But I knew the plan. Okay. I had did the plan for two years. Mm-hmm. I had paid off $130,000 mm-hmm. in that two year span mm-hmm. of time. So I said, okay. I, it, to me, while it was overwhelming, meaning the number, mm-hmm. it wasn't overwhelming to me that I wasn't capable of paying it off. So tell me, because, okay, so you had this $1,900 payment, mm-hmm. but bef- while we wasn't recording, right. you was telling me about this whole student loan, because most of the people that listen have student yes. loans. So talk about how you chopped that baby okay. apart. So, <laughs> so I got that bill, so that first payment was due, and I was like, you know, stressing that right. my mortgage payment and the student loan payment was the same. So yeah. between the two, that's $4,000 right yes, there. Yes, just I right. ain't put no lights, pay for no lights, <laughs> no gas, we eat, you know what I mean? <laughs> Right. We didn't do anything. It was four thousand dollars for those two things alone. So I've always owned rental property, mm-hmm. and I've had rental property since I graduated college. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I bought a rental property after I graduated from Cheney University. Eh, um, the first, yes, oh, the, sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that first HBCU. Um, before I even bought a place for me to live. So I've always wow. had rental property. Okay. So I had another property in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And most of all my properties been in Philadelphia. So I had this unit and I had it running out. Mm-hmm. And that's the, oh, let me go back for a second. Part of the, the also the ability to do this is that I did have rental property. So I had rental income coming in. Okay. Um, but then I had this property and it had, and, it, and I had got a tenant and I got her out and it had been vacant and it was just sitting there. Okay. And I was like, you know what, Selena, what are you going to do with it? And I had just stopped. Sometimes you, you know, you just get stuck and you just have to sit and be still mm-hmm. until, you know, really until the Lord tells you what you need exactly. to do. Exactly. And so it was literally empty for a year. There was no income coming for it. But I was still paying on the mortgage from it because I had a mortgage. And then I was like, you know what? I need to pay this house off. I mean, I need okay. to pay the student loan off. And I need to pay off my debt. Okay. You know what I mean? I need to pay off my debt. And this this is an asset to me. Okay. And I need to sell this baby. Okay. So I sold that house in July of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I had made like $100,000 on the house. Okay. So I took that uh, money from there and I put like seventy thousand dollars on my student loans okay. that I owed, and then that brought it down to like one forty. Oh, okay. And then I kept thirty thousand dollars because I knew that federal government, meaning that Internal <laughs> Revenue Service, was gonna say, "Hey, we, we want our pay. share." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, you know, I knew it was gonna have capital gains, and you know, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'm an accountant by trade, so right. I was like, "Okay, let me calculate how much I think my my taxes are gonna be on, you know, my how much I'm gonna owe the IRS." how much I'm going to owe the lovely state of Delaware. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept $30,000 to the side mm-hmm. and then put the remainder to the student loan. So that brought it down to one forty. Okay. And 
paid the IRS that next year because I did. I owed them about $30,000, so I paid them their money. And um, so then I brought it down to one forty. Okay. So now I owe $140,000. So now I have paid off at this point between the house and the student loans. I was up to maybe like about three hundred some thousand dollars of total debt that has been paid off Jesus. from two thousand. So we really, I always consider I paid off one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in the two year span of time, and then paid off another I don't know, almost close to two hundred thousand dollars between um, my student loans yeah. and then the properties themselves because okay. those mortgages was paid off mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So Jeez. I think I was up to maybe like three hundred and thirteen thousand dollars from. From February 2014 up until, I guess, July of 2018. If I add everything up, yeah, all debt, yeah. including the mortgage that's the mortgages that were on the um, uh, rental properties that I okay. own. Mm-hmm. So now I have a hundred. I had $140,000 as of July 2018. And then um, I was just, then I started paying on it. And I paid it. So I, I think I knocked it down to like 120 something. Okay. That was what I had in. Then that's when my daughters and I, had got together and and they wanted to start um, investing in rental property mm-hmm. because they that's all they've ever known yeah, all of their life yeah. they've always seen me do that mm-hmm, me and their mm-hmm. father and I so they knew the benefit of passive income and having that you know having that additional income coming in every month that cash flow so they wanted to do it so I said okay we could do this yeah but you got to be out of debt I'm not no we're not debt. no I can't <laughs> right, not, right I wanted to buy the rental properties debt free yeah and I didn't want to buy rental property while we were still in debt because mm-hmm. they had some student loans mm-hmm. of their own and of their own and I had mine mm-hmm. so they were like oh, okay so we came up with a plan and so we created mother daughter debt free mm-hmm. and as part of this what we do is we all contribute money into one pot. Mm-hmm. So they each give me $800. I put $3,000 to it. So we have $4,600 a month. Mm-hmm. And then we basically using that $4,600 to pay off our debt using the debt snowball once again. Okay. But now the debt snowball includes their loans and my loans. Okay. But we still, it doesn't really matter who's is first or who's is second mm-hmm. is listed from smallest to largest. Wow. And we, since uh, we started... Probably like since July, mm-hmm. and from July until I would say actually by the end of this month we would have paid off fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, awesome. so that's what seven month period of time. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, you know people always say like well, I'm paycheck to paycheck. How right. how can I do this? I don't have all this passive. I know you said the extra right. job, but you know how the extra job right you're gonna bring in what right. five hundred dollars a month, whatever right. the case may be. What do you say to those people that be like I don't have extra? Yeah, yes you do. When you create that budget, mm-hmm. you're going to realize you have extra. Mm-hmm. Because usually if you don't have a budget, you really don't know how much Where money is going, going in and mm-hmm. how much is going out. Mm-hmm. You think you know. Mm-hmm. But you're going to find, like, when I did my first budget, really official first budget under this new process, mm-hmm. one of the things that I realized that I used to spend about $600 a month in eating out for one person. Now, some of it was I go out with my girls and uh-huh. I'll be like, hey, girls, let's, we go out to eat, uh-huh. you know. And then I said, oh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll cover this, drop it in the tip. Oh. Because I don't like to get out there, yeah, okay, was, how much did you pay? Like, yeah, right, I, right. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand that. Exactly. That, that don't bother me. <laughs> so some of it was that. Okay. But literally, I was spending $600 a month on eating out. Why? And I don't, I'm not even, I'm not talking about going to the supermarket. Right, you're talking about. I'm talking about eating out <laughs> in a restaurant. restaurant. Uh-huh. So wow. having a budget helps change your behavior. So uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's where I need to make a change okay. right there because there's no way in the world that I should be spending $600 a month exactly. in eating out 
And I'm talking about every month. I'm every consistently. Month. Wow. The other thing was, um, at the time, I mean, I, I was still working in Philadelphia, but I used to drive to Philadelphia every day. Mm. And gas was high at that time. And so I was spending about $600 a month mm-hmm. in gas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. I need to do something here. I had the ability to work from home two days a week. So oh. I work now, I work from home for two days a week. Okay. So now that has cut down mm-hmm. on, yeah, I don't spend that much. I now, I spend no more than $300 a month in gas. Okay. The only time I go above that is if I go visit my daughters in D.C., I may go to $350. But for the most part, I, I know how much I spend, $300. I spend no more than maybe 100 to $150 eating out. And that's usually because something is coming up and I know I'm going to go out. Okay. I, I, I'm not totally... De- I deprived myself in the beginning, like those first two years, okay. because I needed to get out of, debt, out of debt fast. Okay. But now I don't. I, you know, I'll, I'll still go out, you know what I mean? But I know this is my budget. And when I get to that number, okay. that's it. Okay. That's why I say a budget helps you change your behavior mm-hmm. because you're setting a dollar value to a particular line item. So how much mm-hmm. I contribute to mm-hmm. Delta Sigma Theta right. is in my budget, right, right, right. how much I eat out, mm-hmm. how much I spend on on fuel. The only thing that I don't really control is, like, say, my utilities. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You but 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 what I do know about my utilities, for example, I know in the summer months I'm going to have a little bit more money because yeah, yeah. I don't have my gas bill is, exactly. is low. Yeah. You know what I mean? $30, $40 yeah. is what my gas bill. So then I know I get to pay off more debt in mm-hmm. the summer mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. I do in the winter mm-hmm. because I'm not paying as much for, for gas. Got you. I know, say, for example, my... Um, there's three, two months out of the year that we all get an extra pay if you get paid every two weeks. My bills is based off of not every two weeks. My bills is ba- my bills are paid off and of my budget is based off a month. Gotcha. How much I receive in the month. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. normally I get two pays a month. Wow. When I get an extra pay, that goes directly to my debt. Wow. Um, my, my, uh, my car insurance. Mm-hmm. I pay four months. I'm off two. Got Those you. two months that I don't pay mm-hmm. towards my car insurance, that money goes towards my debt. So you are fully right. If persuaded. I have, I'm gonna be out of debt. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. My mindset yes. is I'm gonna be out of debt. If I get a tax refund, it goes towards mm-hmm. debt. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you start this process, what you're gonna realize is that you do have other money coming in. People give you money for your birthday. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. goes towards wow. debt. Wow. All of a sudden, you get a refund, doctor's bill, something, something comes in. Mm-hmm. Some money comes in throughout yeah. your year that you never account for. Exactly. And you don't, because you don't account for it, you don't know what you, what you did with it. Yeah. Where did the money That's go? That's true. But what that budget is, it is every dollar, literally, that wow. comes in that month. I know exactly where it's going. So you are honest with yourself, and I think that's oh, yeah. what people don't really. Oh, I do. lie to myself every now and then. <laughs> but you, but right. I understand the whole line item. Right, I manage grants. Right. So if you don't have it, you didn't spend it. You allotted for this, right. and it's gone. It's and gone. it's gone. You ain't no doing no modification no. on that piece. No, not on that one. Got the only you. top, the only thing that I fluctuate because, like I. Don't I, I I don't need my budget to be like every nickel dime to this okay. specific thing. Okay. So I have a cash line. Okay. And my cash line is usually like um I don't know. I bought some little earrings from paparazzi. Okay. okay. That comes out of my cash line. Okay, okay. But cash is four hundred dollars. 
But per you, month. once that's gone, once that's gone, that's gone. I so that's no where more. you do your little that's, play thing. Yeah, that's my play thing. Okay. So, so I don't believe the budget should deprive you, mm-hmm. but what it should do, if you, if it's important to you, create a line item. Okay. If it's important for you to go on a vacation, mm-hmm. create a sinking fund in your budget that you're gonna put ten dollars. $50, whatever the dollar amount uh, is, away because I'm going in July. Like, okay, like this morning, my daughters and I talked. I said, well, we're going away for my birthday. Okay. So, <laughs> thinking about going to Los Angeles. I want to go okay. to LA for my birthday. Okay. Well, I know now, it is now the end of February. I got March and April, May and June to put some money to the side for that trip. Okay. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. those are sinking funds for birthdays, for vacations. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying deprive yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm saying put it in the budget. Because you know that was my question. I'm right. like, I see you traveling. Right. Oh, I do. Oh. But you're still paying now you're there. Right. I'm like, now how you do that? Now, also, <laughs> uh, we are uh, budget conscious on our trip. So, like, uh, yeah. this, this past November, we went to Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. So, that trip probably cost us, for the three of us, maybe a total of $500. And I'm talking about for everything. Because I had $800 credit. From American Airlines okay. for like, you know how when they when they give up your seat? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Absolutely. $800? <laughs> I knew I I'll had a year it. to use it. Yeah. I'm taking it. Okay. So I had that. That covered most of our flights. So okay. I think I'm going to add like $100, $200 more for the yeah. flight. Uh, my daughter works for Marriott. So we got a discount on the hotel. Okay. Our okay. hotel was like $69 a night, okay. which would have been like $200 yeah, a night yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um this is how much money we're spending on food. We knew we was going out to eat one night at a really nice restaurant. Okay. But the other nights we are not doing that. Okay. We are going okay. to eat someplace cheap. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like we was go to we went to this breakfast place. We went there like two days. Okay. But the food was so good that it really was like breakfast and lunch. Okay. So it was only maybe two meals that day. Right, right. So and we didn't buy anything. Yeah. We really didn't yeah. buy anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think the trip for the three of us is about five hundred dollars. So I'm you enjoy yourself, and I'm not. I don't say you should deprive yourself, mm-hmm. but what you should do is find ways to do it more economical. Yes, you know okay, what I mean. Okay. And it's made for you. Make sure that you're accounting for it in your budget. Yeah. And I, I when I tell people is. The lie that you tell yourself is the lie you tell yourself. No, that's right. So you saying, oh, God, I'm just going to go. I'm going to do. It ain't hurting nobody else. But yourself. But yourself. Yeah. And I know social media plays a big part in this. And part of the reason why we created the Mother Daughter Debt Free mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook page and all of that is because, you know, you need to have an accountability partner when mm-hmm. you're going through this process. Mm-hmm. You really do. Mm-hmm. So if you're married, that definitely should be your spouse because mm-hmm. you're going through that together. Yeah. Um, for us, for my daughters and I, yeah, we could hold it, but we need, like, somebody outside. And our outside is the public. Okay. Because we're putting our stuff out ah, there. So like if you that. see me over here, like you said, I see you on there going to <laughs> on vacations and all that. I will explain how <laughs> I did it. How <laughs> in the world? Right. And she you know she paid off all right. this? Exactly. It is possible. Is Like I said, you got to come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. You got to be willing to make sacrifices mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. for the long-term goal that you're going to get, which is building wealth. Mm-hmm. Because getting out of de- debt is just one part of it. And it's an important piece, but the most important part is building wealth. Yes. That's what you got to yes, get to. Yes. And not that you cannot build wealth without with having debt, but it just makes it so much more difficult. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is... I want to continue to to do what we're doing, which is to get out of debt so we can be debt free. Mm-hmm. So then I have more money that I can invest. Yeah, yeah. And whatever it is, whether it's investing in real estate, mm-hmm. investing in the stock market, mm-hmm. which I do, mm-hmm. whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. but you'll have more, So which means it's going to grow more. Yeah, yeah. So as long as you know you have a plan and having knowing your why. 
Okay. Why you are doing this. Mm -hmm. You have to have a really strong why. Mm -hmm. Because things are going to come up. Yes. Your girls is going on a trip and you really want to go. Yeah. But your why has to be greater than going on that trip. Yes. And what I tell everybody is you also got to be willing to say no. Mm -hmm. No is a complete sentence. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I always tell people it's various ways to say it. I'm like, no. Depending on who I'm talking to. (laughs) No. No, mm-mm, no, girl, I ain't gonna be able to do that. Right, and I just say no, and I don't give a reason why. Because if you give a reason why you're saying no, you're giving that person an opportunity to try to come up with a reason as to how to get around it, over exactly. it, under it, whatever it is. Exactly. But if you just say no, mm-hmm. they don't know why you're saying no. They don't know if you couldn't afford it. You just don't want to go. You don't want to do the it. Is no. Whatever. It's just yeah, no. Yeah. And you be like no. You get guilt into mm-hmm. spending your money. I'm like, but ain't none of them people gonna be taking care of me. So I need to say no for Celinda. Yeah. So that because Celinda, I'm saying to myself, I want to live a certain type of life. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm retiring in two years. Okay. So I want my lifestyle to pretty much be the same or better. Yes. I don't want it less. Yes. Is this what I'm doing now. You want to continue. Or yeah, something greater. Yeah. And so in order for me to do that, I need to make some changes today. Because mm-hmm. that's my why. Okay. So that I'll be able to live that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to work mm-hmm. when I retire. If I choose to, that's my choice, choice. And that's my play money. And it would be what you want to do. And it'll be what I want mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it won't be because I have yeah. to. Yeah. So I know in order for me to have that type of lifestyle, I need to make the sacrifices today, which is to become debt free Mm -hmm. in order for me to do that. Because I didn't want to retire and still have the same debt because I am going to make less in retirement than I am working. Absolutely. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's a given unless I choose to, you know, start another career. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I mean, talking from my nine to five. I'm going to get less than retirement. So because of that, I can't take the same debts with me in retirement. You know what I mean? Traditionally, what was supposed to happen, people always wonder, why is a mortgage of 30 years? Because if you paid it off in 30 years, by the time you got to retirement, you wouldn't have had the mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. therefore, you could retire. But people are taking mortgages into retirement when you're making less money Mm -hmm. and you wonder why they're struggling or they have to get a part-time job because they can't afford it because they think, oh, I was going to retire, but but you still got the same debt. If your income is going to decrease for retirement, then your expenses need to decrease. So you need to get rid of that mortgage. You need to get rid of that consumer debt. And I don't think we're thinking about that. We're we're taking a car payment into retirement. We're taking a mortgage payment into retirement. We're taking a credit card payment into retirement. We're taking all of those things in retirement and we're expecting to live that same lifestyle and you can't. It's not going to happen if you truly want to not work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's a a big, that's my why. My why is that I want to retire on time. Um, I'll be age 56 and I want to do something different. You know what I mean? So in order for me to do that, I need to make sure that I have paid off all of this consumer debt. Have you always had this money mindset? I think so, yes. Um, you know, I was an accounting major while I was in college. I've been an auditor for um, 30 plus years for the federal government. I worked for three federal agencies. So I've always been looking at their budgets and telling them why they wasn't spending their money wisely uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> on what programs were or were not working and mm-hmm. identifying uh, uh, better ways that the federal government can spend their money. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Okay. But 
I didn't transfer that to my <laughs> own self. Because even, like I said, I what I considered to be managing money well for me back then was I pay my bills on time. Mm-hmm. I have a decent credit score. Yeah, yeah. I have some money saved in the bank account. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm still traveling. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying life. Mm-hmm. But while that all was true, I wasn't really thinking about what my future was going to look like when I, like I said, when I retire. Mm-hmm. And while all the bills got paid or whatever, just imagine if I didn't have to have pay this right, debt. Right, 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 right. The amount, I, 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 and when I teach this class and I show what my debt is, the debt that I paid off, the payments came to close to $5,000. $5,000 is what I was paying over these many debts. Wow. If you add the mortgage yeah, payments, yeah. the student Car, loans, all that other mm-hmm, kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's $5,000. That could have been invested. Yeah, yeah. So I look at it as, I've missed out on the opportunity mm. to become a, mil- a millionaire mm-hmm. earlier in life mm-hmm. because I was giving my money to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Paying off somebody else. Right. Stuff. Rather than investing that money wow. in, where, be it if it's, you know, the stock market or mutual funds mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or uh, and property, real property, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. I could have been investing in and making more. And maybe I would have retired at 35 or 40 or whatever wow. it was. But because... We're conditioned to believe that credit is owed, debt is okay. Yeah, yeah. That we just think ourselves as being normal and everybody is doing it. Everybody. But then what you hear is when you start doing this and you start talking about this, people start coming to you and say, girl, let me tell you about this. This is what I am. And then we're struggling out here in these streets. Exactly. We're making more money, meaning yes. that we are doing better than our parents. Yes. But what our parents didn't have and that we had is debt. They ain't have a whole bunch of credit card debt. <laughs> they did not. You know what I mean? Because nobody was giving they them a credit had one card. Right. Card, if that. I just had a conversation <laughs> with my mother and my aunt yesterday about that. And I said, I didn't know that my parents had a credit card until my father died. Mm-hmm. And then the, the bank was saying, oh, well, you know, Mr. McLeod has a $10,000 uh, MasterCard. Right. And I said, well, you want to jump down in that grave and get it from him because I'm not <laughs> we never know. Man, we, we, exactly. we, we're not paying that off. Do you know that. We didn't, we're, not, we're not paying that yeah. off. But I didn't, I didn't know that that's, yeah. he had that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I assumed mm-hmm. that we didn't have any. Because mm-hmm. my father was always a cash person. He would pull that wide out. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes. And, you know, and that's another thing I needed to say about cash. <laughs> cash is king, and that is so much the truth. One of the things I think you should do when you're going um, on this debt-free journey is that you should try. You should try to pay cash for things, okay. like especially if you're eating out. Pay cash. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna go buy something at a store, pay cash. Okay. And the reason for that is you need to feel it, and when you have to give up your coins. <laughs> And that way, different. when it had to come out of your hand yeah, and go yeah. into somebody else's hand, you feel it. Mm-hmm. When you're swiping, you don't feel it. Now, I'm not saying you got to do it for everything, mm-hmm. but start doing that because that's going to also help change your behavior. Okay. And you'll start to saying, oh, I don't need that. I don't need the pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. I don't need to mm-hmm. go out to eat. Oh, no, girl. Because <laughs> once I break this 20, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. That's the darn truth. It, it is the truth. Okay, you spent $5 out <laughs> of it. Exactly. It's, it's gone. gone. It's just gone. So trying to spend cash in the beginning do, using what he calls, Dave Ramsey calls the envelope system. And that's where you create an envelope for different things, for eating out, for gas, for Christmas gifts, for Whatever it is, whatever you deem that's important, and once you spend the money that's in that envelope, it's gone, it's gone, and you can't spend no more. 
And that will help you change your behavior. And I did do that in the beginning. Now, because I I can tell you on my budget, because my budget, oh, my budget is on my phone. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay. So the tools that you use in order for you to prepare your budget is up to you. And what I say, you can use paper and pen, and you may want to do that in the beginning, just so that you can get in the habit of preparing a budget. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And usually when I do my little workshops, I send um. the students a copy of a, an Excel spreadsheet that you can use. Okay. I use an app. I okay. use um, Dave Ramsey's Every Dollar. And because it's on my phone, when I'm out and about, mm-hmm. and I'm in them streets, I'm mm-hmm. in that department store or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm, oh, I don't have no more money in that line item. I can't get that. Or I record it. Sometimes I record it before I even purchase it so I can see how much is left over. Okay. And then I'll say, ooh, no, mm-mm, I ain't, ain't going to get it. <laughs> and having the budget with me, again, helps change your behavior. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm usually, I usually review my budget every day because I'm usually recording my transactions because the budget isn't like you sit down at the, at the end of the month to prepare the budget for the next month. Okay. You list all of your income that you have coming in. You list all of your expenses. Then throughout the month, mm-hmm. you have to record what you actually spent. So the wonderful thing about this program is you put it right in there and it deducts and say, this is how much you have left. This is how much you have left. And what you're looking for is for that bad boy not to turn red. Because if it turns red, that means that you spent oh, more it? in that line item. Wow. And I manage what I spend in a month not by my bank account, but by my budget. Okay. And the reason that I do that is because... Like, I'll say, making it up, $350 for, say, gas. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, fuel. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. my gas bill. Well, it may come to $327.29. Mm-hmm. I don't always go back and adjust that. Okay. So that means that I have a little bit of money left over, which means that little bit of money is still in my bank account. But for my budget, uh, I spent, I spent the money. It. That's the, That money's gone. Okay. So my bank account is going to always have a little bit more money because some things are not exact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't manage my money in, during the month by the bank account. Because I, I know it's never gonna, I'm never going to spend more than this day because I always okay. going to have a little few dollars here and there from a particular line item. I'm managing my money based off my budget. Okay. So I usually have money left over and line items for utilities because very rarely is it exact. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have money left over for gas, meaning fuel for my car because mm-hmm. I give myself $300, but I may have spent $297 yeah. mm-hmm. or $250 that month. Yeah. Depending on if I didn't drive that much, mm-hmm. that money just stays into my bank account. And what that is good for, because what you could do at the end of the year, if that money just stays in your account and you realize, oh, at the end of the year, I got all of this money left over, you can apply it to your debt. If you choose to. And see, most of us be like, oh, I could go. Go to wherever. <laughs> no, uh-uh. Not when you're on the debt-free journey. So you have to. It's a renewing of your mind. Right. And you have to revisit it every year. So this was the first year that I did a budget for the entire year. Oh, I started wow. in January. And I put in all the things that I know. Okay. Because I've been doing this now for a while. Okay. Okay. So I said, okay, I estimated, like, so, for example, some bills that I get quarterly, like my life insurance I pay mm-hmm, quarterly. Mm-hmm. Well, I just said, boop, this is how much it is per month mm-hmm. for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And I did it for the whole year because one of the reasons why I did it, I wanted to see how much I really was going to be paying towards my debt. Okay. So based on my year long for 2020, I will pay $80,000 
towards my debt okay. in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, I know that I have I owe $127,000 left on that. So that that, note, that tells me, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet my goal mm-hmm. okay. of getting that okay. paid off in 2021. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then what I put in it, what I know, what I did not put in my budget from my year-long budget was money from my that I make from my photography. Oh, so I, I don't included. I didn't I don't include that. Okay. I put that in in the month that I know that it's coming in. Got you. So which means like uh, I've I've taken a little break right now for photography, just a short break. I'll, I'll probably be starting back up in May. Okay. Um, because I got something else going on. Mm-hmm. But in May, when I start back up again, I'm, I'm probably going to book a, a session in May. Mm-hmm. And that month of May, I expect. Now I don't necessarily know what my client is going to what package that they're going to. But I know what I'm shooting for. Right. So uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm saying I, my my objective is because this the purpose of me doing this is to pay off that. I'm going to try to sell the highest package that I sell. And I ain't mad. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I, you got to have that hustler mind. Yeah, you really yeah, do. Yeah. And so I have to go in and I have to put it out there. This is what I want to make this month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I only do it that month that I know that I booked a client. So it's funny you say that because my husband's always telling us, like, don't count money you don't have. Mm-hmm. And so you're not counting it because it's not there. I don't count it until I book a yeah, client. Yeah, yeah. Then I know once I book that client, it's my job to try to make as more, most money as I possibly can. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because then I have a client. I've already taken the, taken the pictures. And they want them. And, they want, and I'm going to provide them I know, a I'm, beautiful... I'm taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... By me doing it, so I didn't count the money before it was there. Now I, it's me, Salinda. You got to sell this. Mm-hmm. You have to sell this. Mm-hmm. So like going back, like November was when I say it was Hustler Month. November mm-hmm. 2019, I booked five clients that month. Wow! And that's the most that I ever did in a month. Mm-hmm. And I'll never do that again because okay. between my day job oh, and okay. uh, doing that and. Uh, Delta Sigma Theta mm-hmm. and Cheney University <laughs> and just trying to be a normal person and live. Mm-hmm. I was so overwhelmed. Okay. I didn't know if I was coming and going. <laughs> but that month, I paid off $12,000 in debt. We normally would have paid off $4,600. We paid off $12,000 that month because I took everything that I earned and put it and put it towards the debt. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I didn't reinvest in any of my business because I'm not buying any new equipment or anything like okay. that. What I have works. Right. I can work with what I have. Exactly. And um <laughs> and that's what it. So yeah, yeah. But I went. I said, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be tired. Wow. And I was. So that's why in December I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not, taking a break. Taking a break. I'll be back. Uh, in uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll be back. You know what I mean? But so you know what you can right. do. But that just tells you, and most of us have. Some kind of talent that we can make some money off yeah. of, a side gig. Yes. You just got to find out what that is. And work Find it. a problem or find and a service yeah. or good mm-hmm. that the people want and make money off mm-hmm. of it. Or go out there and get a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Or sell some stuff that mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. Like if I really wanted to get out of debt earlier, I could just look around <laughs> where we are right now yeah. and sell some stuff off. Yeah. Because you don't need it. You, really you don't really yeah, you need all of that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And you want to live. Like, I'm going to tell you what being debt free gives you. Freedom. Mm. That's don't really what it gives you. Freedom to explore maybe a career you wouldn't explore because you're like, I got all this debt. So I can't afford to go after this particular yeah, career yeah. because I may not make the money in the mm-hmm, beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not following your passion. 
because you're in debt. That's so true. But if you're in, if you get out of debt, maybe you have the freedom to follow your passion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe in the beginning, it doesn't make a whole lot of money. But maybe that's not what you really are, are here for. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're here to provide that good or that service or whatever it mm-hmm, is to somebody mm-hmm. that's gonna make a difference in their life, and then the money just follows. It because does. maybe now you're teaching that. Yeah. Whatever that happens to yeah. be. Because I really believe one of the ways to build wealth is you need to have multiple streams of income. Absolutely. So you don't have to make the $100,000 from the one thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're making $100,000 for three things, yeah. five things. Yeah. It's just wow. coming in. Wow. That cash is just coming in. And I didn't realize that I had been doing that. Like, I didn't put a name on it. But okay. like, like I said, since I've graduated Cheney, I've always had rental income. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time... My ex-husband and I, we had five properties. Wow. So there was, the beginning of the month was, I loved je- uh, the first of the month. Because <laughs> the checks in. was coming yeah, in. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So when I moved down to Delaware and I had sold everything, I was like, I don't know how to live on one paycheck. Wow. I didn't know, I hadn't, I had never done that. Wow. I had never lived on one paycheck. So I, that's why I had to get back into to real estate and rental property because mm-hmm. While I was making more money by the time I moved down here, mm-hmm. I was used to some Other checks stuff. coming in. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I had to get back into okay. doing that in order okay. to So, I mean, it, it, if, if rental income is not your thing, having that passive income coming in that way, you just got to figure out a way. Maybe it's investing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. you want to invest in the stock market. You're really good at that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to do it that way. I mean, you just got to figure out a way to make some additional money that's going to help you get out of debt. Yeah. So that gives you the freedom to do all the things that you want to do. It's what, freedom. Whatever, it's freedom. It whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever. We are here for a purpose. All of us Absolutely. are here for a purpose. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes, unfortunately, we don't figure that out mm-hmm. until it's much later. And yes. then we have live a life of regret. Yeah. And I don't want to live a life of regret. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because the other, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, and I talked about how we always be like, oh, I got time. You don't know how much time left on your clock. You know what I mean? You really don't. So you have to get started. You got to get started. Wherever it is, whatever your plan is, whatever you're supposed to be doing, you need to get started and make it happen. And the other thing, one of the things that we we do, I do and my daughters do, you know, you need to be motivated. And you got to hear things from people who are on the same path mm-hmm. or people who are successfully done exactly. it. And so exactly. when I'm driving my hour... It's an hour and a half uh-huh. to and from work. I am not listening to WDA. Exactly. I am exactly. Not. I am usually listening to Dave Ramsey. Uh-huh. I'm listening to podcasts. Uh-huh. There's, there's a couple out there called His and Her Money. I listen to them. Mm-hmm. I listen to um, these two, uh, another gentleman out there called The Wealth, Wealthy Neighborhood. There's okay. a brother that's out there. I listen to, because um, I'm into the whole real estate. Yeah. So it is a podcast called um, Bigger Pockets. Which is um, a has a wealth of knowledge if you want to be into the real estate game, from wholesaling to renting mm-hmm. to uh, flipping, mm-hmm. everything you could possibly think about the real estate game. That you gotta listen to their podcast mm-hmm. and go to their website. Mm-hmm. A wealth of information mm-hmm. and tools to help you be successful okay. in this game. Um, I am listening to podcasts or uh, watching videos um, of somebody who's doing something that I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm not wasting my time exactly. on something that's really not going to benefit exactly. me. Exactly. And that's what, when you start getting into that mindset, plus I need to hear people who are successfully doing it. People who, or yes. whose, whose lifestyle is the same as mine mm-hmm. or even is different. Exactly. People who got, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt versus people who only maybe got a few hundred, mm -hmm. maybe $50,000 mm -hmm. or $10,000 mm -hmm. in debt. Mm -hmm. But hearing their story helps motivate you and help you stay on that path. And then mm -hmm. two, I don't want to listen to nobody's advice mm -hmm. that ain't try it and, right. and not doing it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I don't exactly. mean no harm. Exactly. You telling me how I should get out of debt or how I should spend my money when you are in a... Still broke. Yes. And, mm -hmm. you're still, and you're not doing anything about exactly. your stuff. I, I don't really care exactly. about that. Exactly. Exactly. You're... you're until you say, oh, yeah, I got a budget, and I'm paying off my debt, or I'm debt-free, or da-da-da-da-da. And this is how I did it. Yeah. Um, your advice is not important to me. It's not. You know? And that's one of the reasons why in my workshop I tell you my stuff, because mm -hmm. I want you to know. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been on this journey, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, since 2014. It took a break for two years. I mean, two years. But I want you to know. I tell you about one, that two-year break that I screwed up mm -hmm. and what I was thinking. I'm 50. I'm living my life. Because you know I'm about to be 50. Yeah. So I was like, let me talk to Celeste. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I did all of that, and but I now look at this, what if you had just continued on the path? You'd probably be debt-free now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. But my my salary didn't increase significantly now. But you learned, and that's the thing. Sometimes we fall down and we just be like, dang, I messed up. Yes. It happens get, in all areas of life, not right. just financial. Oh, no. But you get back up and you're like, okay, I know what to do. Now I need to do it. Get up. Each and every time you yeah. get knocked down or you fall down. Because mm -hmm. sometimes somebody knocks you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they just... And you know what, too? It's funny that you said that because sometimes people lose their jobs or somebody dies. Right. And it significantly impacts the family. Right. And so people don't think about life insurance. You know, I can't. I hate when I see people on Facebook oh. all day and they're like, we need to go fund me to bury grandma or bury whoever the case may be because they don't take that into consideration that they're going to die. All of us will. All of us will one day. And who's going to be responsible for burying me? And aside from that, you lost that income. Yep. Because if you're married or whatever the case may be, or you have children, whatever the case may be, that income is no longer there. Right. One of the things that um, I was telling you about that book called The Total Money Makeover, and one reason, and usually, well, not usually, every time in my workshop, I give everybody a book. Okay. Um, one of the things that I did not realize about was life insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, I did the, you know, the life insurance at work, which a lot of people do. You take mm -hmm. out the policy at work. Or I had, like, a policy that my mom took out me when I was a mm -hmm. kid, some mm -hmm. whole life policy. And one of the things that Dave Ramsey talks about is whole life versus term life mm -hmm. and what it means. I've never known what mm -hmm. the meaning. Mm -hmm. The insurance man came to the house. And we paid he, him. And we paid him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, not going to do Exactly. And we paid him. And that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't know the difference between the two. And I'm, I'm college educated. I know. I didn't know the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And so when he explained the difference was whole life is very expensive. Mm -hmm. And we usually get those policies because the insurance man who is usually not a financial mm -hmm. advisor was say to you, oh, there's there's a savings portion of it that's with this whole life, and you're going to be able to save whatever, and you can get this money. Well, that's true. The savings rate is usually extremely low. Mm -hmm. You can make a lot more money on that in the open market right. by investing <laughs> in mutual funds. Uh -huh. And guess what? When you die, you don't get the savings. You get the face value of the policy, mm -hmm. which is the same as if you had took out a term mm -hmm, policy, mm -hmm. which is cheaper. A lot cheaper. A lot 
<laughs> cheaper. And so the money that you had in your little savings, you're saving it with the term policy mm -hmm. that's much cheaper. And then you take that money and go invest it in mutual funds mm -hmm. and make a heck of a lot more, mm -hmm. more money mm -hmm. that you would have made in that little savings yes. account with your uh, home with your life insurance policy. Right. So I um, turned in my a whole life policy mm -hmm. that my mom had as a kid, and they gave me like $1,900 back. Now, my mom had been paying on that policy since, since I was, was like born. six or seven, yeah. mm -hmm. and I was like 40-something years old, and all wow. I got was like $1,900. Mm -hmm. That's it. Wow. For all them years. So, I took the money, and I paid it towards the debt. Mm -hmm. And then I got a whole life. So, mm -hmm. and then I had to, I mean, excuse me, the term, term life. life. I had mm -hmm. the term life, and then I got a policy at work, mm -hmm. and then I got a policy, a term life outside of work. Because mm -hmm. I always think you should do both, not put all of your eggs in, in one basket. basket. Mm -hmm. Because if you leave the job, then you, would, may lose, you exactly. will lose the life insurance policy. But I do think you should use your your employer's life insurance because it tends to be cheaper because it's a group. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. but, do, but do it both. Have yes. one inside and outside. Exactly. So that you'll always have coverage. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he had talked about was that you needed to have life insurance 10 to 12 times your salary. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why? I, we just need enough to bury me. No, because if I passed away, especially if my ch children were minors, mm -hmm. they still needed my salary. Exactly. So if, you, if it was 10 times my salary, that meant that you could take that money and you could invest it into mutual funds and lo and behold, maybe get a 10% return. Then guess what you got with that 10% return? My salary. Exactly. So now my children would have had my salary to live, to go to college, to pay for, for them to live. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, so yes. you should get anywhere from 10 to 12 mm -hmm. times your salary in term life. Mm -hmm. And it which is much, much cheaper than home life, mm -hmm. whole life. So that's what I did. And, yeah. I, and I didn't know that. And then another thing is having an umbrella uh, policy. For liability. So an umbrella policy is if you have, like, say, your homeowner's insurance or your car insurance. And let's say you have, I don't know, $500,000 in liability insurance on your car insurance. But you get in an accident and they sue you for a million dollars. Well, your car insurance is only going to cover the 500000 right. mm -hmm. That means that you still will be liable for, mm -hmm. if they win, right. the additional five hundred. So you can get a million-dollar umbrella policy that only is placed over mm -hmm. the limits of your homeowners and your car insurance policy. So if they sued me and I had the million dollars, I really would have had $1.5 million if they sued me, mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if they got the million, I still, it right. would have been $500,000 mm -hmm. that was still available. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those umbrella policy may cost you like $200,000, for the year, $300,000. $300 mm -hmm. for the year. Mm -hmm. And it's really good to have in this day and age because we live in a world where everybody sues everybody. 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 Looking for a case. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if they think you live down here in the suburbs and you got this house, you got a lot of money. Some people just, <laughs> you know, putting their right. little nickels together to live in these exactly. houses. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't necessarily exactly. mean they, they mm -hmm. are. Heck, they may not be able to make the payment that the house that exactly. they're in. Or maybe or on their way paycheck. out. To paycheck. To paycheck. Right. Yes. So having that gives you just a sense of security. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't cost a lot of mm -hmm. money in order mm -hmm. to have it. And people say, well, I don't want to spend no money out for insurance. You do. You really insurance do. is not to make money. It's to protect you. Exactly. When something goes wrong. Exactly. Protect the stuff that you so had to have. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want people 
people to come after you like that. Exactly. So, so get it. So I did learn that mm-hmm. um, having. I said, okay, that's something I would. I just was not aware of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I got a house and I got a car. Yeah. I got this. You start having all of this stuff, and especially when you have like rental property. You know, somebody mm-hmm. slip and fall on your property. You're responsible. You're responsible. Absolutely. So having that, having insurance, liability insurance and term life insurance is important. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I'm not a big fan of GoFundMe and pay me because somebody passed. I'm just not a, a good fan. It's sad. It it's is. It's sad. horrible. Mm-hmm. And so we got to, we have to look at ourselves and say to ourselves, okay, I need to get... Even if you just get a policy just enough to bury you, mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. if no one depends bury on me. your income, then your life insurance exactly. should just be enough to take care of to bury you. But most of but us, if you have mm-hmm. a family and someone depends on your income, mm-hmm. you need to get life insurance that mm-hmm. covers your income. And even income. you know, even I, they're going to miss you. Yeah, I want you to have time to grieve. Like, <laughs> you're gonna be sad, but you're not going. You you're not gonna miss this. Right. You're still gonna be able to live. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. some people, everybody grieve different. You know, right. Got to rush back to work. Cause you only get seven days. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And right. so it's, it's and not having that financial burden yes, helps you go to, through the grieving yes, process. Exactly. Because it's very stressful if you lost a loved one, especially if it's a spouse and they was underinsured. Exactly. And now you have to worry about how am I going to make this mortgage payment. If you truly, your income was based on two incomes rather than one. We could talk all day. Yes. You know, that's how we lost our first house because everything was based off of my husband's salary. And when he lost his job, my job wasn't covering that mortgage. And so you... Again, you live and you learn. Right. You live and you learn. But that's... We didn't know. We was like, oh, we can't afford it with his salary. Right. Yeah. And see, that's what we got to get away (laughs) from having the bank tell you what you can afford. Exactly. They have criteria of what the debt-to-income ratio is. Mm -hmm. But that ain't your reality. And and this is the the part. When they put that down on that piece of paper and they say that, you know... Because you, you it do. creates a little oomph, a little I, something. That right. Says, I, ain't, I ain't really out of numbers. But if they said it's okay, we're going to go along with it. You can. But you know that those you numbers don't align and for you. And then this time around, we was like, no. Yeah, I know what y'all say, but this is where right. we are comfortable. Going back to that book again. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things he talks about, and this is probably where people are like, oh, I ain't, I ain't doing that. His criteria, Dave Ramsey's criteria is your mortgage or your rent should be no more than 25% I of agree. your take-home pay. I agree. And your mortgage should be no more than a 15-year mortgage. Yeah, he did. Yes. I, I heard that one. And that was a struggle. <laughs> yeah. I was like, woo, because we used to doing 30 because we want to buy bigger. But that just means that you need to save more. Yes. It's not saying you can't have the house you but want. Your time. But you need to save more so that you're putting more down so that you right. only take a mortgage out that is 15 years. Exactly. Because you don't want to be buried. You don't want to take that 30-year mortgage into retirement. But the thing is, too, back to what we how we started, everybody in a rush. Everybody's in a rush. Everybody wants stuff now. And like you said, well, I can stretch it out. But come on, 30 years, we... But my husband's fifty. I'll be fifty. We like thirty years for real. Nah. You gonna be eighty? Nah, that's what I'm saying. Do, <laughs> right, do right, you right. really want that? So <laughs> you know, and that was one of the things that um, for me I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Celinda, I'm retiring two years. Mm-hmm. I've been in my house for what sixteen years. Okay, so technically I got fourteen more years mm-hmm. to pay on this house. Mm-hmm. 
But my plan is that, you know, I'm building wealth as I go, building up in my retirement. Mm-hmm. And so that when I retire, I'm just going to take the money out of my retirement. So I'm not losing anything because all I'm doing is taking one asset Absolutely. class and changing it into another asset class mm-hmm. by paying off my house. Mm-hmm. So my mortgage will be paid off. So mm-hmm. when I'm in retirement, I will be 100% debt free, no debt whatsoever That's so that awesome. I can afford to live on whatever my pension is going to be mm-hmm. because my goal is what I take out of my equivalent to like a 401k. Okay. I don't plan to touch that anymore. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my, that's going to be generational wealth for me. I want I that retirement it. plan to it. just continue to grow. And that's when I'm going to leave my children and my children's children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I want them to have the ability that if my daughters have children, I, we're not taking out no student loans for them to go to college. Exactly. We, we writing that check. Exactly. We're writing that check for them to go to school. As we should. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I will not go back into debt. That is my goal. I am not going back right. into debt. I want to be able to do whatever I need to do going forward based on the money that I have available. And if I'm saying I want something more than the cash that I have, then I need to make a, I need to hustle to make that money. If it's doing my side gig or mm-hmm. whatever that is to do it, I don't have to go back in debt in order for me to accomplish that. That's so good. And that's where we just got to start making those decisions to say, okay, I want this. It's all right for you to have whatever that it happens yeah, to be. Yeah. But what sacrifice are you willing to make in order for you to have that without giving your money to somebody else? We could probably talk all day. <laughs> so we're going to bring Celinda back in May. <laughs> she on her little break right now. We're going to bring her back because you touched on a couple of things. And I feel like they need to know about some other things. I was taking notes while she was talking. Right. So when we bring her back, we're going to start from there because yeah. I know she has a lot to give, if they want to reach you, Celinda, for like questions okay. or whatever, how should they reach out to you? Yeah, so I am on social media. Um, my daughters and I, we have an Instagram and a Facebook page called Mother Daughter Debt Free. So you can um, hit us up, DM us, whatever the new terminology right, is. You know, right. I'm, I'm still learning that part of it. <laughs> um, you can uh, send us a message that way, mm-hmm. or you can email us at motherdaughterdebtfree at gmail.com. Okay. And I answer questions. I Like I said, I give it to people just how it is, real, raw, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how it is. And because my goal is I want everybody to win. Absolutely. I want you to win and get in out of debt. And I don't believe in not sharing the knowledge. If it's, if it's working for me, I want to share it with everybody else mm-hmm. so you could do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because I see us, especially as women, and I you know a lot of what I do is for women. Like mm-hmm. Photography primarily is for women. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I tend to work on women causes. Mm-hmm. It's because we shelter the burden a lot of times with all of this. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are fixing the so problem. True. You know what I mean? Like, we, if, even if you're in a married couple and you're in debt, exactly. it's usually Absolutely. the woman that's fixing the problem. Absolutely. You're going to be have to be the one that makes the adjustment to the grocery bills mm-hmm. because we need to reduce that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to probably be the one that said, oh, we're cutting this cable bill. Exactly. We want to reduce that. So when we, because we are the ones that solving the problems, we also burden the with the stress Yes, which affects us physically mm-hmm. and mentally mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I try to do a lot of this towards women so that you can have tools that you need to help you in your debt journey, which ultimately is going to reduce the stress in your life, Absolutely. which is ultimately going to help you live in a more healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 
That's why I do it because I know we're the ones. We're taking on the burden when it comes to our children or our, or our spouse mm-hmm. or, or even our friends. Yes. You know what I mean? We take on that burden. Yes. So I, I say all of this to, to women and say, okay, there is a better way. Absolutely. There is a better way for us to be able to live our best lives mm-hmm. without having to be in debt, mm-hmm. which, like I say, ultimately affects us in all these other different ways. And at the end of the day, we all need to win. We do. We all we need to win. To. We deserve to win. <laughs> and in the flip side of that, in which we definitely should talk about the next time, is how do we build wealth? Because mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. you, after you're debt free, the next step is how do I build wealth? And I do talk about that a little bit in my in my workshop mm-hmm. regarding, you know, starting with your retirement mm-hmm. plan that you have at work. Mm-hmm. Questions I ask people, you know, you didn't have multiple jobs. Did you leave your money with the employer that you left? They don't even know. Why? They don't even if know. you did, why? <laughs> mm-hmm. If they wasn't good enough for you to stay there, they shouldn't be good enough for you managing mm-hmm. your money. Mm-hmm. Get your money out of mm-hmm. that daggone place. Mm-hmm. Roll that money roll, roll that money over into an IRA so that you can manage the money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Are you contributing to your retirement plan? Does your retirement plan have any matching? Are you contributing up to enough to get the matching? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all of those things are things that we need to talk about because for the most most part, that's how we're going to build wealth is through our retirement plans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's how we're going to become a millionaire is really through our retirement plans. Mm -hmm. So we need to take steps in order for us to do that. Like I said, getting out of debt is the first part of right. it, but the second part is building wealth and how do we, what do we need to do in order to make that happen? So I think that's a really good second part of okay. the conversation okay. because you're going to have some people who are already there. They're already mm-hmm. paid up their debt. Mm-hmm. Now what do they do? Okay. What do they do with all that extra money that exactly. they Exactly. You know what I mean? Besides like, okay. spending it. It's about spending it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you want to do something with the money now right. that you're out of debt so that it's going to benefit you in the long run. So mm-hmm. I, I would be happy to talk about that part of it. Okay. That's, that's the next part. That's the next phase. Okay. So you know y'all I got some plans because she's been talking and I, my brain is like on <laughs> overtime. So we might, we want May. Y'all stay tuned. I'm going to definitely post your contact information in the yes. notes so that people can see it and they can ask you questions if you guys have questions for me um you can reach me at info at ballgirlinc.com you know i'm on facebook at ballgirlinc i'm on instagram at conversations with ballgirl and listen it's not much more to be said so linda didn't said it all so for now i'm just gonna say <laughs> go and be great yeah.